You are listening to the Thinking Effect podcast with Osho Green and Lillian Kriegler. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of the Thinking Effect podcast. And this episode is all about how can teachers create a classroom culture where great th- thinkers thrive? And episode 15 actually relates to our previous episode, episode 14, where we spoke about how can teachers create a safe environment where students can focus on learning. And the reason we continue with this theme is because, as you well aware, uh, after the years of COVID, um, it's very important to attend to the emotional well-being of our students. And this is why Lilian and I feel that we need to explore that space a bit further and support you more in creating an environment where we um, help our students you know, feel good about themselves and enjoy coming to school. So before we jump into it, I want to say hello to Lilian. Hi, Lilian. Hey, Autumn. I always say hey, Autumn. <laughs> it's lovely to see you, uh, episode 15. And here we are sharing some of our um, hopefully uh, very helpful information with you once again. Yes, and I would love for us to kick off with the story you shared with me before about the fish and the water. It's a lovely story and I want everyone <laughs> to hear it because I think it's, it, it sets the environment for our episode. This is right. So the, the story is about these two young fish and they're swimming along in the water and, you know, coming towards them is an older fish. And the older fish says, as they do, good morning, boys. How is the water? And they nod and they say, oh, yeah, all all good, thanks. And they swim off, the two of them, and the older fish disappears. And then a minute later, the one young fish turns to the other one and says, what the heck is water? I mean, it's a classic story, and it was told in 2005, so it's lasted the test of time, and it was told by um, David Foster Wallace, who represented his graduation group at the Kenyan College, and he told the story at the graduation. And what he was saying that is very, very often the things that are most important to us are the ones that are invisible to us. So like, you know, the fish depend on water for their existence, but they can't see it. Yeah. Weird, yeah? It is. And and yeah, (laughs) it's a a great um, segue or kind of um, a great way to start talking about culture because culture is all around us, right? Yes. It's, um, and and the impact of our culture on our well-being, uh, on our confidence, on our ability to learn and thrive is so um, so critical. And often we don't pay attention to the culture that we're in. We kind of let it be what it defaults to be. And we're not being intentional about what kind of culture we want to have, for example, in our classroom, what kind of environment we want to have in our, in our classroom. And, and it's very critical um, because if we set an environment, a culture of trust, for example, then our students feel confident to um, take risks in the learning, right? Try new things, be vulnerable and open themselves up in front of their peers. And so it's very important. And you were talking about invisible thing, but for me, I mean, culture is also something like the energy in the room that you can actually feel with your body 
Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, when you enter a room, you can feel whether it's a good energy, you know, uplifting, or sometimes you can feel it really gets you down. It's kind of a, not a great environment to get into. So there is an element that we sense uh, with our body when we get into the room, and that's uh, the energy that in the room, and that's part of the culture we create. This is, the, it creates uh, an energy within our environment. No, you're perfectly correct. And I mean, I, I talk about these great schools in Reggio Emilia. Carla Rinaldi is a, a, one of their spokespeople, and she says children read culture and they read it really, really quickly. And I love the word you use about default culture. Because, yes, if we are not aware of it as educators, we, um, we can't plan for it. So, you know, culture isn't something that gets transmitted down from the past or from above. It is something that we can actually create together. And bringing awareness to it is fantastic. And you're absolutely right that, you know, it impacts on the energy, whether the the environment feels buoyant and happy and accepting and inclusive or whether, you know, there's some kind of um, antagonism or some kind of negativity that's residing in that environment. And, you know, you mentioned COVID and I think we have to be even more aware than we were before COVID because a lot of children haven't had um, the time in the classroom with their peers and with the teachers that they've had. And so, you know, they, they might even have lost touch with understanding feelings, emotions. They, they might have to reignite their motivation in the classroom. So it is a massively important um, idea to be working with at the moment in classrooms. Definitely, definitely. And, and if we want to create a classroom uh, where it's a place for optimal learning, we need to pay a close attention to the culture and the emotional well-being of our students. Um, otherwise, like, like we said, you kind of go back to some default. So you have to design the culture that you want to have in order to enable your students to learn better and think better. And we, Lydia, we discussed it before how our cognitive abilities, uh, capabilities are tied to our emotional well-being. Uh, you mentioned it's kind of the uh, two sides of the same coin um, because when we, when we feel insecure, when we don't trust the people we are with, where we're not comfortable sharing and bringing our whole self into our learning, this is where um, our ability to learn is being impaired. And so if we want to enable our students to really think deeply and meaningfully and learn uh, and take themselves to um, kind of push themselves more and challenge themselves, we have to first uh, look after our culture and, and um, create the culture that we want to have in our classroom. Yes, that's right. I mean, you know, Jean Piaget, the renowned psychologist, and even his student, um, Reuven Feuerstein, they, you know, that idea of the, the, the feelings and the thinking or the feelings and the ability to learn being completely connected as both sides of the coin is massively important because we know that when our feelings, when we're in 
in overwhelm or we're feeling um, anxious or, you know, we, we don't um, fully understand what's happening or there's some uncertainty that the brain um, starts to focus on that and on protecting itself. And it does it in three ways. And we know these ways. And I'm sure all our teachers have heard before about, you know, they either fight or they flee or they freeze. So, I mean, our students might be fleeing in a way that they're just not giving us their attention. You know, they've gone off somewhere else in their mind or they've just frozen. So unless you have that sense of balance um, and unless students are in a state of readiness and reciprocating the learning, then it's going to be very difficult for them to take in new information. So one of the, the, the things I think that a lot of educators are understanding now is that we kind of have to slow down maybe even what we're doing. Definitely. Um, yeah. Just to ensure that everyone is on board and, you know, checking in as you did, as you're saying, and maybe bringing their awareness to culture as well. Absolutely. I think that, yeah, the culture is the foundation. And, and now we need to look after our foundation, especially after the last couple of years. It is, it's all has been really shaken well by COVID. And, uh, and so we need to go back to um, our foundation and look after it. And, and in terms of how to do it, yes, I think that the best starting point is for each teacher to have a discussion with a student about what is the culture. Because as we know, they might not be aware of what it is. Yes, it is all around them. It impacts them. But they need to actually think about what is a culture. And then after you're having such a discussion with your student, you can pose another question and ask them, what culture do we want to have in our classroom? So let your student come up with what are the values that drive them, what um, kind of culture would help and support them. And, and then you can actually write down maybe a few of the things you agreed on in terms of what kind of culture you wanna uh, create in your classroom, whether it's a culture of trust and empathy and kindness, whatever you'll come up with, you can actually create a poster or I don't know, bring it to life in some manner and then hold everyone accountable that this is the culture we wanna have here and therefore it impacts how we behave it drives how we behave in the classroom. And if someone behaves in a different way, in a way that doesn't align with the culture we wanna design here, then you can point that out and say, well, does it align with the culture we wanna have and, and correct that behavior. And so slowly everyone will get used to behave in a, in a manner that aligns with the culture you wanna develop. No, you're so absolutely right. Um, you know, and if students aren't aware of it, they can't buy into it. But if they have had, a, they, if they've actually had a stake in creating the culture, then they will start to tell each other or expect from each other a particular way of being with um, one another, you know. And I think, as you've mentioned, the, the emotions are really important. And I think you had a suggestion for what, you know, educators might do in the classroom so that, that, that 
the, the educator can gauge what's happening around that emotional tone in the room. Yeah, definitely. There are a few things that I wanted to share. Uh, one of them is having uh, an emotional barometer. So you can create, uh, put on the wall, you know, a few emojis uh, with different expression. Let's say one of them is sad, one is neutral, one is happy. And you can create a broader range of emotion on that wall. And, and then in the morning when your students come into class, you can ask them to place, um, you know, a piece of paper or whatever it is with their name uh, on the place that represent better their emotion, on the emotional barometer. So it will allow you and them as well to assess and understand how they're feeling now. Um, and, and as a teacher, you can see if there is a particular trend in your classroom, maybe there quite a few students who, I don't know, maybe feel angry or maybe feel sad and, and you can address it and uplift them uh, to the level you want them to be. And it's also an opportunity to help students articulate their emotional state um, because usually most people actually using only between five to seven emotions um, when they wanna um, explain to someone else how they feel. But we know that there are different, um, there are 27 different types of emotions and most of us are not using a broad range of uh, words to represent how we feel. So it's also an opportunity to help students understand how to better articulate how they're feeling. Uh, and that, you know, help when you communicate with others, you can better express and explain how you feel. So that's one way to go about it. And another way I wanted to suggest, we spoke about the energy that you bring into the room. And so another way to go about it is having a, kind of a stop sign at the door to your classroom that says, how do you feel? So stop for a minute, think about how do you feel? And maybe a question um, about what kind of emotion you bring in into the classroom. And so make the students aware of firstly how they feel, but also what happens when they bring these emotions into the classroom? How does it impact themselves and others? And so when you gain more awareness of how you impact your environment, it helps you also to change your emotion or make sure you're not negatively impacting others. Yes, there's so many things I love about what you just said, Also, I don't know where to start. <laughs> but the first thing is, you know, as you say, articulating these ideas is really important. And the more vocabulary the students have, the more ability they have to pause and say, how do I feel? You know, am I angry or am I just a bit frustrated or am I feeling um, sad? What? How am I actually feeling? And then, you know, as you say, to actually say, am I feeling gleeful? Am I feeling... Um, um, amused you know they're so excited how many there's so many of these emotions so the bigger the vocabulary the more the students are able to not just act out their emotion but think about it pause you know adjust calibrate uh, so that is the one thing that I really love about it and the other thing is I mean that emoji wall you know when we were discussing it between ourselves we thought you know, maybe the older students really are going to think this is a bit twee or a little bit, you know, uncool. <laughs> but, but really, in, in Melbourne, there's a, a big school, a huge school that was having a lot of trouble with students um, 
feeling you know alienated at school and not being involved in their learning and the educators were tearing their hair out saying what can we do about this so they came up with something quite revolutionary and I mean maybe it's not that revolutionary because other people may have done it before but for them it was they started a breakfast club and so they you know students would come a little bit earlier to school they'd go into the breakfast club and they'd be eating which is great for the brain anyway yes. You know, Absolutely. maybe they skip breakfast. That's one good thing. Hydration and, and um, yeah. having, you know, something water in your system helps the brain, as we know. But they also just casually ask them to pop up their name under these columns. And, you know, the, te- the, the, the people who were supervising Breakfast Club could get an idea of how people were feeling. And if somebody had, you know, done something uncharacteristic, then they would find the opportunity to have a small talk during the day with that student and say, well, I noticed that, you know, you today, you put your name under this thing. You know, do you want to share? What would you, you know, is there anything that I can do? What can we do? Anyway, over time, what they found was more and more students were coming to breakfast club. It was growing. (laughs) That students were waking up their parents earlier to get them to school. And overall, the tone, the the, um, emotional tone improved. Look, they did other things like um, they created um, rubrics around different things like, so how am I feeling about my learning? How am I feeling today? How am I feeling about my friends? How am I, you know, so they did, it was, there was more to it than just breakfast club. But, but the, the thing was that they were creating a new culture a new culture of, of how they viewed their students, of what they were prepared to do for their students. And it had, it transformed the school. It really was remarkable. Their, their results just really rose significantly. And it had to do with the students feeling more comfortable, listened to, supported, and they, you know, they started to become the people who supported others. I'm not surprised. It's a beautiful story and I'm not surprised it made such a difference because they created a culture of kindness and empathy and, and looking after each other and, and building that trust that we, we're here for you, right? Whatever you need, um, we're here for you and whatever you feel, you can share it with us and we'll look after you and we'll help you. And so I'm not surprised that uh, this change to the culture um, made such a difference to their academic performances as well. Because as we said, this is the foundation for everything. And it's a great example uh, on how you need to be intentional about your culture. And you can and you, can, and you need to design the culture you want to have. Um, and, and you'll see the results. Yep, that's, that's really um, what it is at the base is about not just acting out a culture without being um, being aware of it. So students will benefit, but, you know, and I love the, the, the word empathy because a lot of times, um, you know, the anxiety that students are feeling is not only from the work, it's not only from their teachers, it could be from their peer group. We are both and all educators are aware of, you know, the degree of bullying, and especially these days with that digital stuff that goes on where, yeah. you know, you're far removed from the person you're attacking, etc. And I mean, if we encounter something like that, and we both spoke about this too, when we thought about this podcast is, 
if you are getting too deep in the water in terms of, you know, students are really in trouble, then we need to open the channels for them to see someone professional that, you know, someone who's in charge of the pastoral care at the school, the school psychologist, or, you know, we really, if conversations need to be opened with parents, you know, we, we have that responsibility, but we'll be more aware of it. Um, and, exactly. you know, and we'll be, be putting the, the um, stepping stones in place much more successfully if we are understanding and creating a culture where, where everybody cares and where there is, I love your word, kindness as well. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, shall we summarise the episode? <laughs> yeah, sure. You want me to do it? Or you can I always it? love your summaries, Lillian. <laughs> okay. So what culture is, is something that determines how everybody in an environment is behaving. And this culture can be default, where it's just acted out without much awareness. But it is also something that we as educators or parents or even in the workplace can create. The why is that if our culture isn't supportive of learning and of contribution and of care and of um, success, then it's not going to happen. So we have to put steps in place to make sure that children are moving out of survival mode, out of anxiety, into openness to learning. So that's the why. The how is to really check in with students about how they understand culture, let them build their own ideas, come up with their own definitions, and what is the behaviour code that fits with those definitions, and also for us to check in specifically to emotion, because we know that emotion and cognition are two sides of the same coin, and the more we're aware of it, the more we are able to help them. Excellent summary. I love it. <laughs> and, and so we encourage you to take the time and do this, design the culture with your students and you'll be amazed by um, the outcomes of this exercise. And we are happy for you we, and we encourage you to share your stories with us. Please write to us to the Thinking Effect podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear your stories and thank you so much for all the educators from around the globe that have been in touch with us. We love hearing your stories. So feel free to write and we'll meet again in the next episode, episode number 16, which is all about how can teachers create space for curiosity? Yeah, well, that's a bit different. So we're going from calm, kind to curious. Uh, we'll see you in the next episode. See you then. Okay, okay well, good. I think that that went